praise the hallelujah. Just worship, just worship him. Just worship him. Just worship him. We've done enough singing. Just open up your mouth. Yeah. Just worship him. Brent, I don't know what to say. Say thank you, Jesus. Brent, I don't know what to say. Just say hallelujah. And go back and forth. Yeah. Just open up your mouth. Just, we don't need no more music now. Come on, everybody. Everybody, don't be afraid to tell your provider and your healer, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Could have been me outdoors, no food. I gotta stop and no clothes. So they're all left alone, baby. Without a friend, just another number with a tragic end. Sopranos, but he didn't see fit. To let none of these things be Altos, but every day by your power Wait a minute, he keeps on keeping me Church, thank you Lord For all you've done That's it. Now just open up your mouth. I know church is tomorrow. I know. I'm sorry. I know church is tomorrow. But somebody got saved on Saturday night. Somebody got delivered on Saturday night. Somebody's thankful on Saturday night. Over 10,000 
tongues Just couldn't thank you Holy Ghost. Yes. Yes, Eddie, worship. Yes. some praise. Yes. Wow. 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 The man of God just spoke. We got to get our love passion back in church. We want people to stop streaming in their bedrooms Let's get the passion back. So when they come, they feel passion. Because guess what? People don't stream clubs. Wait a minute. They go shopping. Get dressed. Bishop get in the car. Drive. Pay for parking. Pay to get in. And there's a two-drink minimum. I know y'all don't know anything I'm talking about. I know y'all don't know. Y'all don't know nothing I'm talking about. Ain't nobody streaming the club. Got to get our passion back. So this song is called Revivers Again. This world has lost its flavor. 
Good morning, St. John. Oh, good morning, St. John. Oh, this is a great day to be alive, amen? To come in God's house and give him praise, amen? If you would stand to your feet, all that can, we're going to get started with this morning's worship service. I will be reading for your hearing the 100th number of the song and the word of God reads. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Here's the corporate part. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. Every time that part gets me. For the Lord is good. Uh, you still ain't with me yet. For the Lord is good. Oh, you still haven't discovered it yet. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth, it endured through all generations. Amen. Pray with me this morning, church. Father, Abba, we thank you for the privilege of coming into your house of worship. We don't take it for granted, God, that we had cars to drive, that we had feet to walk on, that we had food in the refrigerator, that we had all of these conveniences. God, we are grateful, Lord. We thank you for the provision of them all, Father. And Father, most importantly, we pray, God, that you'd come in this service and have your way, Lord. Have your way with the musicians. Have your way with the singers. Have your way with the word. Have your way, Lord. Save in this house. Deliver in this house. Break chains in this house. Destroy yokes in this house, Father. And we're going to lift your name up. We're going to give your name the praise. You're bigger than our problem. You're bigger than our hang-up. You're bigger than our issue. You're bigger than our worries. You're high and lifted up. Let your train fill this house. And we're going to be so careful to give your name the praise, your name the glory, and your name the honor. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. And the believers said amen. Amen. Again, greetings to each of you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We have come to worship God. If there be any visitors or guests among us, please know that you are always welcome here at St. John. If you desire salvation or church membership, please fill out the form found at the, on the back of the pew in front of you. And once you have completed it, you can give it to the person at the front desk, give it to an usher, put in the offering basket. But whatever you do, don't miss your day of visitation. Amen? Amen. Now, are you ready for worship? I don't know what you come to do. But I come to praise his name on today, amen? Oh, we celebrated the resurrection last week, but guess what? He's still high, amen? He's still lifted up, amen? He's still on the throne, amen? He's still worthy of our praise, amen? He's still worthy of your hallelujah. He's still worthy. Help me exalt his name, amen? Jesus. Song says I love to praise him. 
just celebrated Resurrection Sunday. Anybody gonna praise Him? God, I thank you for dying for my sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. We just want to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. When I was a much younger girl, they used to sing this song all the time. He's worthy to be praised. And as I got older, I started to really understand what it means to praise God. God, I praise you when everything is going right. God, I praise you even more when everything is going wrong. God, I praise you when I don't understand because I trust your plan. And we call on the matchless name of Jesus. He is the blessed Savior. And he's worthy to be praised. Is that anybody's testimony on today? Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. And the song goes, praise him. Praise.
And how many know that Jesus is real? He's real. Hallelujah. Does anybody know that he gives you the victory? So many people doubt him, but I can't live without him. That is why we love him so. He's so real to us. Hallelujah. message for us and it's recorded in John chapter 20 verses 24 through 29 some wonder what did Jesus do after he resurrected let's see if we can see something in John chapter 20 beginning with verse 24 where it says, but Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were with, were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither, 
thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and, and be not faithless but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus said to him, Thomas, because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Again, today's message is entitled, He's Real. Everybody repeat those words, He's Real. God bless you and you may be seated. Real is real, but sometimes the real can look real and seem real. Real is real, but sometimes the not real, excuse me, can look real and seem real. I have had an opportunity to visit several wax museums. I'm always impressed with how they can make something that's not real look real. We have to be careful even with our money because a lot of the bills that we have and that we exchange sometimes it's, it's possible to receive bills that are not real but look real. Obviously, this world has many counterfeits. Nevertheless, I know someone who is not a counterfeit, and I wish the whole world knew him. Fact of the matter, I have dedicated my entire life to him and, and, and to telling everybody that I can about him. In case you don't know, his name is Jesus. Jesus is not a counterfeit because Jesus is real. In our text, the disciples discovered that the resurrected Jesus is real. And we see that in John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. In your Bible, I encourage you to bracket these paragraphs because an outline of John 20 is as follows. In verses 1 through 10, Jesus is resurrected. In verses 11 through 18, Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. In verses 19 through 23, Jesus appears to his disciples. In verses 24 through 29, Jesus appears to Thomas. And in verses 30 through 31, the purpose of John's gospel is before us. Again, Thomas discovered that the resurrected Jesus is real in our text. Let's see if we can walk through this expeditiously in uh, John chapter 20, beginning verse 24. It reads, but Thomas, who was one of the twelve, and 
known as often called Didymus, uh, he was not with them. The them is referring to the 10 other disciples when Jesus appeared before them. Now, when I say the 10, we know it's all, the 12 is already minus uh, Judas. And, of course, Thomas wasn't with the other 10. The Bible says in verse 25 that these other disciples, meaning the 10, they said unto Thomas and testified how they had seen the Lord. They had seen the resurrected Christ. Now, we learned on last Sunday how uh, he's a living Savior because he arose. So you have 10 disciples telling Thomas about Christ who has resurrected and they know it because they saw it. But Thomas said to them, and based on what Thomas is going to say is the reason why a lot of people refer to him as doubting Thomas. Thomas said, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, on one hand, we need to look at what's going on in verse 25 because Thomas is saying that I, I have to see for myself. I have to touch for myself. And when I say on one hand, uh, it's not a bad thing for believers or for, let me say, people to say they want to experience him for themselves. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people whose experience uh, with Christ is based on somebody else's experience. But in this message, we are really promoting that we need to experience him for ourselves. But on the other hand, there's a problem here with Thomas because Thomas was among the other disciples when Jesus would foretell his death. Times when Jesus told and shared with them that he was going to die, but on the third day that he would rise again. Yet in spite of that, Thomas is saying, except I see, except I touch, he says, I will not believe. It's interesting how there are a lot of people today that have a made-up mind that they're just not going to believe. When verse 26, excuse me, we see where it was uh, eight days later. When the disciples were assembled again, and this time Thomas was with them, so we got all 11 together, and look at the B portion of verse 26. It said, then came Jesus. The doors being shut, Jesus stood in their midst and he spoke a word of serenity by saying, peace be unto you. And those are wonderful words. You cannot really expect, you can't really appreciate peace unless you've had some turmoil and, and some confusion in your life. One of my prayers often is that I say to the Lord, I, I want to experience more love, more joy, and more peace. Those are the first three components of the fruit of the Spirit. Not that I don't want all nine, but I put emphasis on those three. Well, Jesus spoke these words and said, peace be unto you. Then he said to Thomas, 
And I find this very interesting because in verse 25, Jesus was not physically present when the disciples were telling Thomas about the resurrected Christ. But even though Jesus was not physically present, in verse 27, he's speaking as though he was there. For it says here in verse 27, then said he to Thomas. Now, Jesus gave a general message by just saying, peace be unto you. And then he turns and said, now as for you, Thomas. It was as though someone told Jesus what Thomas said. But we have no record of that. Well, how would Jesus know what Thomas says? We must not forget that Jesus is uh, omniscient. Which simply means that he knows all things. Jesus even knows what we are thinking. He understands our thoughts when we don't even understand our thoughts. Jesus said to Thomas, he says, as for you, Thomas, reach hither thy finger." And behold my hands, and then reach hither thy hand, and then thrust it in my side. And it said to Thomas, be not faithless, but believing. And that's a good point of application for all of us uh, when we're confronted with the unknown, when we're confronted with situations that, that's out of our control. Jesus is saying to you in this message, be not faithless, but you must believe. Look at your neighbor and just say, you got to have faith. After Jesus spoke those words in verse 28, Thomas then answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said something to Thomas that we need to hear because in the B portion, it's a blessing for us. In, in, in verse 29, uh, he says, Thomas, uh, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. So really, Thomas, you don't have a whole lot to brag about because it's evident. You are seeing me with your naked eye, so you should believe. But here's the blessing he pronounced on others such as us today. And that's when he said in the B portion of verse 29, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. I believe that there are individuals that are in this sanctuary, individuals that's viewing uh, uh, by way of screen, uh, the, the streaming. Uh, 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 you, you, like myself, we have not seen him with our naked eye, but we do believe. <laughs> and Jesus has pronounced that blessing upon those of us who have not seen him with our naked eye but we do believe my beloved as Thomas discovered that Jesus is real many of us have discovered also that Jesus is real some refuse to believe that Jesus is real. For example, many Jews do not believe that Jesus is real. When you go home, you read Matthew chapter 27, verses 62 through 66, and, and in chapter 28, verses 11 through 15, uh, there are some Jews uh, uh, who promote uh, the lie that Jesus' disciples stole his body. 
You can read that in those scriptures I just shared. So I'm saying there are some who disbelieve. But I need to say to us, and this is a segue into our key idea, although some disagree, Jesus is real. That's the key idea. Although some disagree, comma, Jesus is real. If you know that to be true, go ahead and give God some praise. Come on, y'all, y'all, y'all can do better than that. If you know that to be true, give them a big hand of praise. There's a lot of people who, who disagree. They, they're not going to agree with what we believe in. But today we come to share that, that Jesus is real. We say that because we've had a firsthand experience with him. We say that not only because of of what we have read, but because of what we have experienced. So I'll repeat for those who are taking notes, although some disagree, Jesus is real. What should people do since Jesus is real? And I can uh, drop these three nuggets in your lap uh, quickly. First of all, since Jesus is real, try him. Everybody speak those two words, try him. Oh, yes, Thomas tried him. Uh, We saw it in verses 24 through 29. Uh, He did not take the word of the other ten uh, disciples. He had to try him for himself and once he tried him for himself he said in verse 24 uh, 28 my lord and my god i say to individuals sitting in here right now those viewing by way of streaming try him don't just take my word try him for yourself why procrastinate look at your neighbor and just say don't put it off You know, so often we procrastinate. We put things off not recognizing that we don't have a lot of time. Just last week I was in conversation with somebody about uh, experiencing an upcoming birthday. If God be willing this week, I'll have a, uh, uh, be blessed with a birthday. And I shared that in the vigil that I'm always thankful to have a birthday. They just don't have to keep coming so fast. But you don't ever want to start frowning on a birthday because as, as long as you're having birthdays, that's a sign that you're still alive. But I was tripping when I say they don't have to come too fast. Amen. Well, hear this, my beloved. We don't have a lot of time. Many of us sitting in here right now have more years behind us than what we could have before us in this world. So I'm saying to individuals, uh, why procrastinate? Uh, why put this thing off? Why don't you try him for yourself? Then not only will I say, why procrastinate? I also raise the question, why play? I don't understand individuals who will play church. Why play? Why come to church and play church? This morning when I awakened, I tell you, I began to negotiate with time. I was so comfortable when I awakened that, hear this, I I, I didn't want to get up, so I I, I just laid there uh, about 10 minutes longer than I should have, which was the reason why I arrived at the North Campus about uh, 10 minutes uh, later than I should have. 
And, and you know, when I was le- lying there, I recognize, I, under, I can understand why a lot of folk uh, uh, don't want to get up on Sunday morning. It's just something about Sunday. You got seven days of the week, but it's nothing like a Sunday morning. I understand it, even though it's not, uh, I'm not going to say it's excusable, but I understand it. Well, again, I'm saying to individuals, uh, at, the, at the getting up out of a nice, warm, comfortable bed, why come to church and play church? I would like to believe that folk who come here, amen, when you enter into this place, you're here for serious business. Uh, when you come to this place, you're coming for a purpose. Uh, you're not coming here for show. You're not coming here to play games, but you come here because you love the Lord. Uh, you come here because you want to worship God. You come here because uh, you want to connect with the Almighty. I'm saying right now, there's no reason to play. We don't have to clap because somebody else claps. We don't have to shout because somebody else shout but if you shout you shout because you feel something on the inside if you clap you clap because you clap because you feel something on the inside whatever you do you're doing it because you feel it within if you try him you will discover that he's all right we used to sing the song have you tried jesus And then we'll shout out and say, he's all right. Let me just share a few reasons uh, why he's all right. Uh, One is if if, if he shows up, you know he's going to show out. Two, uh, uh, he will never leave us or forsake us. And then three, he keeps right on blessing us over and over again. Come on and praise God for that. Secondly, since Jesus is real, I say not only try him, but tell him. Speak those two words, everybody. Tell him. Uh, What do you mean tell him? Tell Jesus what we need. Too often we tell others what we need to only tell Jesus. He will hear us. And when I say us, I'm talking about anybody and even unbelievers here, here, listen to this. Jesus hears and answers yes to unbelievers when they tell him that they want to be saved. Romans 10 and 13 says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus hears and answers yes to believers also when we tell him about our needs. Uh, Also, he not only will hear and answer when we tell him what we need, but often what we want. Which means he not only blesses us with what we need, but so often he'll bless us with what we want. He will help us. Uh, no, No job is too big for him. I love when we sing that song. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others. I don't like to say he will, but I say he can do for you. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. My beloved, I have made it this far in life. Because I make it my practice to tell him. 
I can tell Jesus what I cannot tell anybody else. Why don't you praise God for that? Thirdly and lastly, since Jesus is real, trust him. Speak those two words, everybody. Trust him. Trust him, hear this, with everything. This means to trust him with everything that we have. Actually, what we claim to be ours is really his. Our life, our body, our family, our home, our car, everything that we say is ours, it's really his. Listen to this. We can determine how much we trust him by how much we trust him with. If I ask how many of us trust the Lord, hands will be waving all over the church. Well, you can examine yourself how much you really trust him by how much you will trust him with. Will you trust him, for example, with all your money? Some of us can't even trust him with 10% of it. <laughs> Go ahead and put some hands together. <laughs> Not only should we trust him with everything, but catch this one, but also trust him for everything. With everything, but also for everything. This means to trust him to supply uh, all our needs, such as salvation, deliverance, healing, finances, companionship. We go on and on. Trust him for these matters. Trust him for these needs. Uh, in Philippians 4.19, I hear uh, the Apostle Paul saying, as recorded in the ESV Bible, and, and my God uh, will supply every need of yours uh, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. This also means uh, to trust him to take care of us. Uh, and, and you do realize he will take care of us. And the reason why he will take care of us because he cares uh, for us. I uh, like 1 Peter 5 and 7 which says, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. How many of you know that the Lord will take care of you? In the shape that this world is in, if there ever was a time that we need to trust him, that time is now. I live by Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It's deep in my spirit. I echo it. I speak it. Uh, I, I say it when I'm, especially when I'm faced with something that's tough. I'll remind myself of the word which says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. If you've understood so far, go ahead and give God a big hand of praise. <laughs> Conclusion. Today's message is entitled, He's Real. Our sermonic text is recorded in John chapter 20, verses uh, 24 through 29. The key idea states, uh, although some disagree, Jesus is real. We learned three action steps people should take since Jesus is real, and I need y'all to throw those back at me. Number one, what? Number two, what? And then number three is what? All right, give God a hand of praise. Y'all got that really well. No, growing up, I used to think that when the preacher was preaching the gospel, that's when he was telling it like it is. 
but uh, it's really more to it. I mean, the heart of the gospel is when we tell the fact and proclaim the fact that Jesus died, that Jesus was buried, and then that Jesus got up, meaning he resurrected. The fact that he died, was buried, and resurrected is a reality. Somebody ought to praise God for the gospel. When Jesus was resurrected from the grave, he became a, a living savior, as we learned on last Sunday. But I need to say that he's more than a prophet. He's more than a teacher, and he's more than a healer. Some people don't want to accept him as a savior. They can accept him as a prophet. They can accept him as a teacher. They can accept him as a healer, but they don't want to accept him as a savior. A minister was preaching in Philadelphia, and at the close of the service, a stranger came up to him and said that I don't like uh, the way you spoke about the cross. He said, I think that instead of emphasizing the death of Jesus, uh, it would be far more effective if you would just preach Jesus the teacher and Jesus the example. The minister replied, and he asked the man if if, if I presented Christ in that way, would you be willing to follow him? The man said, I certainly would. And then the minister said, all right then. He said, let's take it a step further. He said, Jesus never sinned. Can you say the same thing? The man said, well, certainly I cannot say that. He said, I acknowledge that I do sin. The minister then replied, he said, well, your greatest need is not for Jesus as a teacher or an example, but your greatest need is for Jesus as a living Savior. Again, Jesus became the Savior of the world when he was resurrected. So I say this to everybody. Jesus is alive and Jesus is real. Why don't you repeat those words as, and do it with some fervor. Do it, uh, uh, do it with some life in you. Everybody repeat, Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive. and Jesus is, Jesus is real. Now this time said really loud, Jesus is alive, alive. and Jesus is real. Now if you believe it, go ahead and give him a real praise. A personal experience is necessary in order for us to know that Jesus is real. So often I encounter individuals when I'm witnessing to them and they start talking about their mother's salvation. They start talking about all the work their grandmother used to do in the church. But I need for everybody to understand that, that this is not a matter that we can talk about someone else's experience. It requires a personal experience. Thomas discovered that Jesus was real because he had a personal experience with him. I wonder who in here knows that Jesus is real because uh, you have had a personal experience with him. Personally, I have discovered that Jesus is real because I have had personal experiences with him. At the age of 12, I was converted. At the age of 17, I began to preach. At the age of 24, I began to pastor. 
And that's not to even mention all of the other areas in my life where I have experienced and had firsthand encounters with Jesus to validate, to substantiate the fact that he is real. In all of this, I can personally say that Jesus is real. When I was growing up in the church, the church would get excited when they would sing that song that we began with. Real, real. Jesus is real to me. Oh, yes. He gave me the victory. So many people doubt him. I can't live without him. That is why I love him so. Jesus is real to me. So I say in conclusion, if I don't know anything else, there's one thing that I do know, and that is he's real. God bless you, everybody. I'm done. Praise God. Yes. Amen. Stand on our feet, yes. And just sing a little bit of that again in the morning. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes. The door to church is open. You can come in person. Or you can fill out that form. There are forms behind that pew that's in front of you. Fill it out. Give it to an usher. Give it to someone at the front desk. Or put it in an offering basket. For those of you viewing by streaming, tap into that link. Fill it out. Submit it electronically or physically, and we will respond promptly. If you're not saved, Jesus wants to save you. If you are saved, but need a church home, this is an invitation to you. And the message said, why procrastinate? And the message, the question was asked, why play? Now is the time. Time that once knew you will soon know you no more. He's real. Somebody ought to say, oh yes. Yes. So many. Thank you for Jesus who is real. I pray for everybody here as well as abroad that you will bless each of us according to our needs. Father, as we prepare to present you our tithes and offerings, we trust that they are acceptable unto you. 
also as we prepare to depart. We implore you, we entreat you to continuously abide with us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and we say amen. If you were blessed by this teaching message, go ahead and bless God. And you may be seated. Thank you, Deacon Brown. All right. Okay. Deacon Brown wants to really make it make make mention. He said it's, it's a pastor's birthday this week. He wants to say some good things about it. Amen. Yeah. Thank you for that. All right. Uh, let, let me say this: uh, our church nursery is in operation, and we do need more babies to to come. So, um, age zero to three. All right. Yes. Our church worship, uh, let me say, our children's worship is also in operation. And right now, they're, they're, they're worshiping together in the fellowship hall, which is beautiful. Um, and we praise God for them. And more children can attend that also. If God is willing, uh, be mindful that next Sunday is Unplugged Sunday. We say Unplugged because uh, uh, there's an opportunity for others to be able to come and be comfortable. So unplugged simply means we dress comfortably and casually or however we desire. But you, you know, we often encounter people who say, I, would, I don't go to church because I don't have any church clothes. Well, first of all, those people can know they can come here anytime dressed as they are. But if they come on for Sunday, there'd be a whole lot of others dressed just like them. So spread that word. If God is willing, we have invited a young, inspirational lady who's going to preach. She's a pastor doing a marvelous work. She's going to be preaching in the 9 and 11 o'clock, which means at the North Campus and the South on uh, next Sunday, if God is willing. And then following that celebration, um, the young adults um, known as Up Next, ages 19 to 39, they'll be fellowshipping um, over at um, Pear, uh, what was that called? Pear Street, yes. And it's in so we look forward to that and we appreciate how the young people are doing a lot of things together. Um, be mindful, um, we, we're experiencing the resumption in various areas. So, um, so much has been, in, in the city, has been, has been dormant because of the pandemic. Uh, we still have more people, especially by the end of the week, who are watching online. Usually it's over a thousand of us watching online have a course in person and we do appreciate how many of them are giving and God bless you for that but we want to see more of the ministries in operation so God is willing on Saturday uh, this Saturday April the 22nd at 11 a.m. it won't be a long meeting but I would need to I need to meet with all the deaconess in room 1a um, I need to get that ministry back going like it should so I need to meet with those ladies this Saturday uh, at 11 o'clock. And then also, if God is willing, this Saturday at 11 o'clock, uh, well, let me say from 9 to 12, excuse me, from 9 to 12, the, the deacons will be having uh, their first in-person workshop. And it's the first time, when I say first, first since the pandemic. So Deacon Johnson will 
would like to see all of the deacons of St. John in that workshop. And then if God is willing, uh, the women's missionary ministry, they have under Sister Jean Thomas leadership, they, they've had marvelous um, sessions online. Well, um, on Monday, April the 24th at 6 p.m., Women's Missionary Ministry will meet in person for the first time since the pandemic. And they've, like I said, they've had marvelous times online, and I, I guess they anticipate something even greater coming together in person. So please, let's take heed to all of uh, those announcements. Okay. And uh, we appreciate everything that God is doing. I appreciate all these deacons for what they do. And Bless you. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, all right. Well, it's blessing time. I hope that you have been blessed by the word that went forth today. And listen, without your support, we can't do what we're doing here. And so let me tell you a little bit about tithes and offering. And it's here in this scripture, Malachi 3, 8, and 9. And it says, Will a man rob God, yet ye have robbed me? But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offering? Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now let me take it a step further. And it says in verse 10, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. That's what the word says. So we encourage you to continue giving to St. John. Now listen, there's various ways that you can give. One, you can give in person during our worship celebrations. Two, you can mail or drop off at the South Campus or our, our administration building. Three, you can give online. Now listen, you can find more information about where those locations are by visiting our website. Um, in the meantime, we thank you for joining us today. We hope that you were blessed, and we hope that you will have a blessed week in the Lord.